Hello, and welcome to the Lacrosse Matrix podcast, where stats make the story. Please enter the matrix now. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to episode number 33 of the Lacrosse Matrix podcast, where stats make the story. As always, I am your host, Adam Levy, and thank you so much for joining me this week for another amazing episode of the Lacrosse Matrix podcast. Happy New Year, and uh, I hope every one of the fans, the listeners, the, the players, the coaches, management staff, analysts, anyone in the NLL and lacrosse world, I hope you all had an amazing and happy holiday season with the family. So this week we are going to be talking about a family, one of the 15 families in the National Lacrosse League. Uh, we will be focusing on a couple of achievements by uh, two to three, maybe maybe a couple more than that, uh, players from one team. Uh, this team is in the Western Conference of the NLL, and that is the only clue I'm going to give you other than the number of the week. So your number of the week this week, the first number of the week in the new year of 2023 is eight. So without further ado, let's go nugget hunting and feast on those nuggets because there's plenty of them this week. Let's head into the matrix. The Vancouver Warriors have not had the start that they were hoping for this 2022-2023 NLL season, but it's not all negatives. Of course, and and most importantly, the team wants to to win games. They want to win for each other. They want to win uh, to prove to the city that they are a uh, a team that can be a contender in the National Lacrosse League. But there have been quite a few milestones, or there are quite a few milestones that are coming up uh, for some key players on the team, and that brings us to the number of the week, which is eight, because. There are eight milestones this week for the Vancouver Warriors. Uh, Four of them actually happen to be for Sean Evans. Uh, And we are going to break down a bunch of those milestones with you today on the podcast. But before we start to break down those milestones individually, I think it's important to just get an overview of the milestones that we will be talking about before we break them down. So, Just to list them off for you, as I mentioned, Sean Evans is nearing four milestones, uh, some of which are possible to achieve this weekend against the San Diego Seals, some are not, and and that goes for all of the players that I'm about to mention, so keep that in mind. But Evans needs three games played to pass Sean Williams for 10th place, and he can tie Anthony Cosmo for 9th place with 258 games played. He also needs three goals to pass Mark Stainhouse for ninth on the all-time list with 460. He needs five points to become the sixth player in league history to reach 1,300 points in his NLL career, and he needs three penalty minutes to become the third player all-time to reach 
600 penalty minutes in the regular season. Again, also very important to keep in mind with all of these statistics, not only the ones I post on my Twitter at Adam Levy Sports, but any of these milestones and, and any kind of statistics you really see out there. When we're posting these, they're in terms of the regular season play. When we are in the postseason, we'll probably specify if it's the postseason uh, or or total numbers overall, but these are regular season stats, but that's just something to keep in mind. Now, Vancouver forward Mitch Jones needs three points to reach 400 in his career. He also needs one loose ball recovery to reach 600 in his career. And Vancouver forward Riley Lowen needs six points to reach 300 in his career. And Vancouver forward Logan Schuss needs nine loose ball recoveries to reach 600 in his career. And that is it. Boy, that is a lot. Also, before we talk to to the players and, and kind of break down each of those individual milestones, I thought it would be nice to to get an overall perspective from those guys' coach, uh, head coach Troy Cordingly of the Vancouver Warriors, uh, who really is so behind these guys, that whole coaching staff and management, uh, really believing in those guys, even though it has been a tough 0-3 start to this year. But uh, here are Cordingly's thoughts on, on those milestones and, and the guys' uh, that are nearing them, particularly Evans, Shus, uh, or excuse me, Evans, Jones, and Lowen. Well, I mean, honestly, um, you know, I have had uh, Evie and, and Jonesy on, on other teams, um, and you know, uh, getting to know Riley, coaching him, like he's just a salt of the earth guy. Um, it, it's just a proud moment, you know. I, you know, um, if it happens, you know, when you're there. I'm there. I'm proud of them uh, for their their accomplishments. But I can tell you, each one of those three guys, uh, well, they're, they play the game for the team, and they're not really uh, focused or worried about these um, milestones. But when they are done and they sit back and look at their career and and reflect, you know, they'll be they'll be pretty proud of themselves and. You know, um, the biggest thing for me is I'm. They're they're all such great team players, and um, you know they they would they would take a win over these milestones. It's always so great to to hear a head coach uh, speak so positively about his players. Uh, and when you think about it, for for Coach Cordingly, for him to have only been there for only a handful of months and and to feel that way, obviously, as he mentioned, you know, having a, a bit of a history with with both Jones and Evans, it does add a little bit more uh, importance or, or a connection to him uh, when reaching those milestones. However, it is great, great to see how he feels about these guys. And I did just want to give some love to Logan Shuss, who, as as you obviously just noticed, was not mentioned there. And that that is on my uh, that is my fault because I did not mention Logan as part of those guys to reach milestones. And actually, believe it or not, you know, Logan is known as a, even though he's known as a great scorer, Logan is actually, he is nine loose balls, as I mentioned, away from 600 in his career. He has actually hit nine or more loose balls in 10 games in his NLL career, including a career high 12 loose balls, which he had back in 2016. And and actually, there was a a seven-game stretch during that 2016 season where Shuss had nine or more loose balls in five of those seven games, and that included that 12 loose ball game as well as there was a 11 loose ball game thrown in there as well. 
And also just to give a little bit of love to Riley Lowen, who we heard Coach Cordingly talk a little bit about, uh, uh, some amazing words as, as we just heard. Uh, Lowen, who is reaching that milestone where he needs six points in order to reach 300 in his NLL career. Uh, just as a note, uh, Lowen has scored six points three different times in his National Lacrosse League career. Switching over to both Jones and Evans, who I did speak to over uh, this past week, uh, let's get some of their thoughts on the milestones that they are reaching. Now, Evans uh, is the one of the or is the first repeat featured guest that I've had on the Lacrosse Matrix podcast in the brief history of me doing this since the beginning of 2022. At that time, we were focusing on Evans reaching milestones in goals and assists. And of course, now he is nearing goal uh, milestones in penalty minutes and in point total. So let's get his thoughts on the point total milestone, him being so close to reaching 1,300 points in his career and only being the sixth player in the league to do so. It, uh, it's definitely a, a special mark to be hitting, especially considering how long Evans has been in the league. You know, I, I've got to reflect on, on my years here, um, the last few years of, you know, the roller coaster ride of COVID and all that stuff happening. But, um, you know, I'm just fortunate to, to be able to play so long and, and to be able to compete for for 17 years so far um, playing at the highest level and to be, you know, I never go into games thinking, thinking uh, I want points or, or, or uh, want to be in that category. I, I go out every game and I want to win for my teammates and, and have that success, uh, that winning feeling after games where everyone's happy, everyone's smiling. Um, that's what, that's what I like. I'm a big team guy. Um, I, I wouldn't be playing this long if it wasn't for my teammates and the success that I've had. Um, by doing it and I, I feel like that uh, that kind of rubs off um, a little bit and I think that's why I'm here um, you know I, I want to see success and and I like to, I want to see everyone enjoy that success and, and when you're winning um, points are going on the board and and you know you're reaching those milestones which is just an extra bonus um, but to be in those category with the, the is is really humbling um, you know I put so much passion and and hard work and and now Recovering from an ankle injury, I, I put so much work in to get back to where I need to be to, to compete at a high level. And, you know, I'm just I'm just thankful for every opportunity that I've been given. And you know, I'm ready just to, to keep going. And I got a little bit more left in me to give. And and I'm hoping uh, you see better results here uh, in, the next, in the next couple of weeks. And of course, and, and you know, I don't even know how to look at it. And it, it'd be interesting to get a player poll as to how they view penalty minutes. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Obviously, it does show sometimes that you are fighting for your guys. And I know that that is exactly what Sean Evans likes to do with whatever team that he is playing for. As I believe I've said on the podcast before, but I, I know I've written about it and it's very known about Sean Evans is that he is a guy that you hate to play against, but you love having on your team, and it is for that exact reason, the fact that he is so gritty and so determined to do whatever it takes for his team. So I kind of asked him about a history, his history with, with fighting and, and how he got that mentality. I think I was just kind of uh, raised in it with kind of my household and, you know, having brothers and older sisters, all, all older siblings. Um, it's basically just, you know, we had a we had a brotherly and sisterly thing where you always protect each other, um, kind of in the household. And 
and I, I was the same way on the floor. You know, anytime I played hockey or lacrosse, um, you know, it was, I was protecting my teammates. I don't like anybody get picked on. Um, and I, and I'd always be there to stick up for them if they couldn't, uh, defend their own battles. And, and I think that goes a, a long way of building team chemistry, knowing, uh, somebody has your back, um, that allows you to play the game the way you want it instead of being, you know, not saying scared, but timid, a little intimidation factor from other players. And so, you know, I kind of just got raised into that. You know, I play, I played hockey. I played it, played in the OHL for a year for the people Pete. Um, I did a lot of fighting there too, but I'm not the biggest guy. Um, like I, I always tell people, I'm like, you know, worst thing that can happen, you, you might get knocked out, but you might get a black guy or, or the biggest thing is showing up and showing that you're there and you're not going to back down and you keep going. And, uh, you know, if, I bet you guarantee you a guy on the other team, if, if, if I fight him and then I come back and I keep going at him again, he's going to be like, holy shit, this guy never stopped. <laughs> and, you know, and that's, and that's when I won the battle, right? Yeah. Um, you know, that's where I pick up the next loose ball because now he's nervous on, on what, what's going to happen in that corner or, or you know, what, you know what, what am I going to do next? So, you know, I, my, my, my game, my lacrosse game is I've always had a gritty part of my game where, you know, that's part of me. Um, so, you know, that's just, that's just who I am. And I'm going to play gritty and I'm going to play hard. And if I don't have that, then, you know, that's when it's time for me to, to, to hang the – hang my running shoes up and my, put my stick away, but I still got that right now. And right now my big focus is, is, is putting points on the board and, and getting wins. But, uh, you know, I've had that grittiness all my career and, um, that's just the way I've been raised and, and, you know, I want my teammates to have success and, and I'm there for them every, uh, every inch of the way. It is funny to think, you know, when we do talk about the importance of those penalty minutes, Sean Evans with 597 currently right now, only three shy of becoming the third player in National Lacrosse League history to surpass 600 penalty minutes, which is uh, quite a lot of time in the box. But as we just heard, you know, Evans does love to to fight and he does love to, to leave everything on the floor. Interestingly, in that last game that he played, or his first game he played with the Vancouver Warriors, he had 12 penalty minutes in that game, and, and you know, I understand that he would get frustrated and the team would be frustrated and he would want to make a statement for his team to show that he has his teammates back, as he's mentioned, as he likes to do. And interestingly, it was the 11th time in his regular season career that he has had 12-plus minute penalty minutes in one game. And before moving away from Sean Evans for the rest of the episode, or for most of this episode, you know, it is really just interesting. As I said, he has been a repeat guest now on this podcast, and, you know, there's a reason for that. He has achieved so much in his National Lacrosse League career, and obviously reaching these milestones uh, just solidifies how much of a legend he is in the National Lacrosse League. When you think about it, Sean Evans is only one of four players in National Lacrosse League history to have played 250-plus games, have 450-plus goals, and 800-plus assists. The only other guys to do that in NLL history are Dan Dawson, Colin Doyle, and John Tavares. That is quite the company. And while he's not in the top 10 in these two categories, although you can find him in many of the NLL's top 10 all-time categories, we see that Sean Evans is currently 13th on the all-time list for loose balls with 1,412. So that means that there are only 12 guys in NLL history who have more loose balls than him, 
I imagine that he could be reaching the top 10 by the end of the season, or especially if he plays another year or two, that could be in his sights. And then at the same time, he is one of 13 players in the NLL to have played more than 250 games. So really, he is a man who is unlike any other in the NLL, except for maybe a couple that I just mentioned, but very, very rare to see a guy like Sean Evans doing what he has done over 17 seasons in this league. In regards to Mitch, you know, it's very interesting because he is reaching, he is three points away, as I had mentioned, to reach 400 points in his career, but this was an amazing little nugget that I stumbled upon, which was when Mitch was in Buffalo, he scored 199 points during his tenure there, And including the three games, and and people forget this, but Mitch played the first three games of his NLL career with the Washington Stealth way back when, and including those games, and then with the Warriors, Mitch has scored 198 points with Vancouver, so two more points, and he will have officially scored more points for Vancouver than he did with Buffalo, which is obviously Great to hear for Warriors fans knowing how much he has given to this team in such a short period of time. So I wanted to get his thoughts on that. That's team spinning, I think. uh, Obviously, you can kind of put into two different categories where I've played. And it's been been a long time coming here in Vancouver. Um, But I definitely feel like I'm a Warrior now. I I do remember calling Lee my Buffalo days. But um, definitely kind of all in on the Warriors and and feel like that's home. And that's that's the team... uh, I'm with and want to be with for a long time. Um, yeah, for so I think for myself, I've always just tried to get better every year, whether it's points or adding different dimensions to my game, defense or loose balls or whatever it may be. Um, and I think I'm still, even at 31, trying to do that. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, always exciting to get some milestones like that, but just trying to continue to get better. And I think I got a few more years left of doing that. And, you know, much like Shuss, Jones is a guy who who picks up a lot of loose balls, but we don't really look at that side of his game. So it's great that he is reach. He is only one loose ball recovery away from 600 in his career. First, I, I got to hear what it was like for for Mitch to, to hear this uh, and, and reaching that milestone and, and how he's gotten to that point. I, I do enjoy reading uh, all the stats and stuff that you do, but I mean, I, I didn't know that. What did you say? I was one away? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, milestones as they come, uh, always kind of make you look back a little bit, but um, obviously all the cliches, I'm digging it game by game, looking looking to get our next win. Um, the way I look at it, if I'm scoring points or getting loose balls or whatever it may be, blocking shots, if the stats are all going to win, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Um, but yeah, not a whole lot of attention paid, paid to those milestones. I do enjoy reading the little stat bits, so. And it was great because I did get to speak to Reed Bowering, who was traveling with Mitch when I gave Mitch a call. So it was great to to pick his brain as well. And I had to ask him, of course, because Reed Bowering is a loose ball master, even in his sophomore year in the National Lacrosse League, what it's like for a defenseman who's so good at picking up loose balls to see a forward be so tenacious when the ball's on the carpet. It's great to see an old guy grind out for those loose balls. And I mean, on the face of team for a reason and when the ball goes to the offensive end like we need 
you know, we can't have our defenders in that end, or I can't be in that end. So it's just fantastic to be able to rely on guys like him and Baller to pick up those balls in that end. And also, it just shows how much they care. Like, they're not just there to score the pretty goals and everything. They, they want to contribute in every way they can, and that's the whole team first mentality that we need. For Mitch, when it comes to those loose balls, there is almost an 100% certainty that he will get that loose ball picked up in this game this weekend versus San Diego Seals. In his 101 regular season games played in his National Lacrosse League career, there have only been two instances in which Mitch did not pick up any loose balls, and both of those were all the way back in 2013. So we're talking about 10 years ago, and that was during his rookie season when he played only three games for the Washington Stealth. And uh, quite remarkable that he is uh, so consistent with loose balls and, and how many he can get. So now that we've covered all of those nuggets, uh, it is that time of the week where we are transitioning to the analyst of the week portion of the show. Thank you to Sean Evans, to head coach Troy Cordingly, to Mitch Jones, and even that little cameo from Reed Bowering for joining me this week. Uh, And now we have the great Steve Ewan of the province, the the newspaper in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia here. He is someone that I've gotten to know over the years going to Warriors games, and obviously he does uh, lots of tremendous coverage on, on so much more than lacrosse for the city of Vancouver. So I'm very happy to to have him on the podcast for the very first time, and I'm sure it will not be the last. So I started with Steve uh, talking with him about what it, it, the expectations are uh, for the Warriors uh, going forward because obviously at 0-3, things have not uh, gone the way that the team has hoped. They are better than they've shown. I think it's about a culture change. I think it's about an expectation change. I, I think they've... Uh, it's a program that collapsed once in the last eight years. I think bringing in a guy like Troy Cordingly who just demands so much, I think it's going to take a little... I think it's taking... I'm taking more. It's it's taking longer than I expected. I, I get the feeling it's taking longer than, than he expected, or some of the people in the org, you know the organization expected. I I think they've they've got a chance to do some things. I, I think there's still some work to be done in all facets. I, to uh, to I obviously they've made a goaltending change, letting go of veteran Steve Fryer. I I I do think there there were there were goals they obviously want back. The offense hasn't been in sync either, and the transition game struggled as well. So I, I, I think there's lots to be done there. And not to be all doom and gloom, but of course, you know, at zero and three, and and with things not going the way that they are, uh, that the team would like them to be, there is potential that things could get worse before they get better. And uh, the question is, if that were to happen, and unfortunately, uh, let's or let's hope that it doesn't, but. You know, what is the team going to do if things do get worse than this 0-3 start? And and I wanted to get Steve's thoughts on that. I think there's obviously going to come the come the trade deadline. They will need to figure out where you know where they're at and what they want. I, I I'm a big big Cordingly fan. He's one in Buffalo. He's one in one in Toronto. He's he's one in uh, Calgary. He's one in Summer Ball. I, I think he's the type of guy to get it going. I think. I, I, I think not having an exhibition game hurt. Um, I do think that, that they could use 
they need to be more athletic. I think they need to get up and down the floor quicker. I think that is something they, they need to find. They need to find a goalie. I think those are all really, really big questions. I, you know, they've got some young guys that are going to try and net. I, I, yeah, I, I think come, come, come trade, trade deadline, if they're not trending in the right way, I, I think you could see them sell. I think they're, I, I think there's a frustration in the group. I think there's a frustration from the Vancouver Canucks. You, it feels like they expected them to be farther along. You don't go get Troy Troy Cornley. You, you you don't go through that uh, process. You don't spend that kind of money with, with him traveling back and forth to be uh, a bottom pack, you know, bottom of the pack team. So I I think there I there's a push to get better. If they're not better by the trade deadline, I think they'll be a bigger push to do that. Thank you so much, Steve, for for all of those thoughts and and all the insight. Uh, it's always great picking your brain about all things lacrosse, and I know you you cover so much more than lacrosse for the province. And I would uh, advise anyone who who wants to know about what's going on in the Vancouver sports scene to go check out Steve's work uh, at the province. He's he's always uh, hustling and bustling and trying to get the best coverage out to to give this city. Uh, an amazing, vibrant sports scene, at least in terms of its coverage. So thank you, Steve, for everything that you do for the city, and thank you for what you do for for lacrosse and for the Warriors and your coverage. Of course, now that we are done with the Analyst of the Week portion of the show, that does mean that we are moving on to the Lacrosse Matrix podcast poll of the week, which you can always find at the top of my Twitter feed uh, when it is up at Adam Levy Sports. And this week I asked you that because of the 0-3 start of the Warriors this season— um, you know, there are 15 games remaining, however. Will the Warriors win six or more games this NLL season? And there was a great response from the fans. Thank you, in part, actually, to, to Steve Ewan and him retweeting that, and I'm sure that that definitely helped the vote count. And so 76% of you, unfortunately, said no, that the Warriors will probably not win six or more games this season, and 24% of you said yes. Now, I'm generally an optimist, uh, although I, I can can be a pessimist and a realist as well at times, so I guess that negates what I just said. Either way, and that is not the point, either way, I, I am hopeful that things will turn around for the Warriors, and uh, it's a very competitive Western Conference and a very competitive year in the National Lacrosse League, so it'll be exciting to see what happens going forward, and I think that the tide is turning for this team, so expect better performances and better results as the year goes on. So that is going to do it for this week uh, on the Lacrosse Matrix podcast. We are going to head out of the Matrix now, uh, and we are going to enjoy the bevy of games that are taking place in the National Lacrosse League this weekend. It is a very busy weekend. We've got the one game on Friday night, and then we have a handful of games on Saturday night. A lot of great contests, as usual. Things are really starting to get interesting when we're looking at the standings. Players are separating themselves. Players needing to to step up more. So, so much great NLL action to catch, whether it's on TSN, ESPN, or ESPN Plus, or TSN Direct. There are so many ways to watch amazing NLL games all season long, so make sure to check those out. Thank you so much for joining me, and thank you again to Sean Evans, to head coach Troy Cordingly, to Mitch Jones, to Reed Bowering, to Steve Ewan, and always thank you so much to the NLL's director of statistics, Rob Benson, for helping me out with all of the numbers each and every week. I really do appreciate it. 
So with that, we are going to part ways, unfortunately, but I will be talking to you next week for another amazing episode of the Lacrosse Matrix podcast. Enjoy the games, everybody. It's going to be a great weekend of lacrosse. Have a good weekend.